Good Friday morning and welcome to the Sweaty Penguin Winner's Circle Kahoot. This has been over a year in the making. We have done three Kahoots, one at the end of Season 2, one at the end of Season 3, one at the end of Season 4. And we have three winners from each of those who are now going to face off to be the ultimate Sweaty Penguin Kahoot champion. So let's introduce our competitors, the winner of Season 2, our producer, Shannon Damiano. What's up, guys? Our winner of Season 3, producer Megan Crimmins. And the winner of Season 4, associate producer Hallie Cordingly. Yay! I'm still on my victory wave, so hopefully (laughs) bring it home. You know, going into Season 4, Megan and Shannon were talking a lot of smack about this. So I hope you two are ready because there could very well be an upset. Let's get it. I studied. Let's go. No, I'm curious about because I didn't tell you what was going to be on this Kahoot. What are you guys expecting? Is it not on this season? Well, we're not done with this season. We've only had like seven episodes. Is it not on those seven episodes? Well, what do you think it's going to be about? Oh, no. Episodes? <laughs> what did you study, Shannon? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> um, I didn't study. That was a lie. I'm trying to psych everyone out. But is this going to be like a how well do you know Ethan Kahoot? Is that going to be the vibe? I thought of that. Or is I... it going to be like, is it going to be friends trivia or something? <laughs> I'm just trying to get into your brain. Hallie, what are you expecting? I literally have no idea. Like, no clue. Well, I'm proud to say all three of you are wrong. It is on Tiff of the Iceberg. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And not just that, but we have 17 Tip of the Icebergs written at this point. I know Tip of the Iceberg 18 will have come out by then, but it is not written. We are recording on... May 29th. So we have questions on all 17, but at the end, I've saved five questions on carbon bombs. As you know, carbon bombs has been a very big topic for us. We've talked about it internally. So uh, five questions at the end specific to carbon bombs. So 21 total questions, one more than the original Kahoot. So with that, are you ready? I will tell you, it starts a little easier and we kind of work our way in. Um, and then I think at the end, we'll start to separate the pack quite a bit. <laughs> oh my God, separate the pack. So here we go. Kahoot winners circle. Question one, which country hosted COP26? France, Sweden, Switzerland, or the United Kingdom? It is the United Kingdom, and no one got it right. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> I, I knew this would get someone. COP26 was in Glasgow, which is in Scotland, which is in the United Kingdom. I knew if I put Sweden and Switzerland, I would get someone. But I'm so happy that all three of you guessed either Sweden or Switzerland. It's always Sweden or Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. 
Yes, it was uh, the United Kingdom, and COP27 will be this year. It is in Egypt. I did know that. Let's get someone on the board. I think we can do it on this next one. The final document from COP26 originally had the phrase phase out coal, but at the last minute, it was changed to phase away coal, phase down coal, cut out coal, or cut out fossil fuels. And the answer is phase down coal. Two people got it right. Megan and Hallie. Anyone have anything to say on it? I'm going to be honest. This just sounds like something that they would say. (laughs) And this has continued to be a topic of conversation, which is why I figured I'd include it in this quiz. My feeling is that these agreements are first off this is the first time coal ever made an international treaty the word coal and the words oil and gas still have never been in one of these treaties which is mind-blowing but phase out versus phase down it's significant but it's one of those things where that can always be strengthened later and the fact that oil and gas aren't mentioned at all is maybe a bigger concern to me But at the same time, a lot of people did find that to be very frustrating. So feel free to check out episode two of Tip of the Iceberg. I think it still holds up today. So with that, Hallie takes the lead with 932 points. Megan is in second with 907 points. Shannon will get you on the board soon. Question three, which of these statements about tornadoes is false? Tornadoes are increasing in frequency. Tornadoes are happening at different times of year. Tornadoes are shifting east a little bit in the U.S. And scientists don't have a clear picture of how climate change affects them. It is tornadoes are increasing in frequency and no one got it. I clicked the wrong one. I read too fast. (laughs) I read the green one and I was like, yeah, we don't know how it's connected to climate change. Click, and that was wrong. (laughs) It was the double negative that did it for me. Yep. Megan, I think you're capping. Megan's flailing a little bit, expected more. (laughs) Remember when she just rattled off 15 out of 20 in her (laughs) first kahoot. Yeah, tornadoes are not increasing in frequency. They are certainly changing but that is one area where they're not and we actually do not have a clear picture of how climate change affects them unlike say hurricanes or wildfires so pretty interesting on to question four which antarctic ice mass made news in december for its catastrophic sea level rise potential the larsen b ice shelf the conger ice shelf the thwaites glacier or the lambert glacier And it was the Thwaites Glacier, and two people got it right. Megan and Shannon. Looks like, Hallie, you put Conger Ice Shelf. We did do an episode on that, but that was a bit more recent. Megan, you did the Ice Shelves episode. I don't know if you want to say anything about Thwaites or Conger. Overall, so Thwaites is a glacier that's much more... Well, this is one that's called the Doomsday Glacier, right? Yes, for better or worse. Yeah, so it's just would add a lot of sea level rise to the ocean if the ice shelf in front of it collapsed versus the Congre ice shelf did collapse and that hasn't had a huge impact. It was kind of one that was 
on its way down for a while. Conger is also the size of Rome, and Thwaites is the size of Florida, to give you a sense of the degree of difference. Megan takes the lead! 1,862 points. Maybe she'll stop capping now. Shannon is in second with 970. Hallie is in third with 932. Question five. On what grounds have cities such as Baltimore been suing oil companies? They're causing climate change. They're misrepresenting evidence of climate damage. They're lobbying politicians or tax fraud. Misrepresenting evidence of climate damage. Two people got it, Megan and Hallie. It seems the most legally viable, I guess. It, it just felt right. Causing climate change is not against the law, so. <laughs> Are we sure? Yeah. Are we sure it's not against the law? Um, check. I clicked, I clicked too fast. So. Saw climate change in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I swear. Sorry for saying that you were capping, Megan. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're really taking this seriously. Well, Megan builds on her lead. Hallie moves up into second. Shannon is close behind in third. Question six. In what year did greenhouse gas emissions peak in the U.S.? 2007, 2012, 2016, or 2019? 2007. Who got this one right? Um, I remember fact-checking this tip of the iceberg, so maybe that's cheating. It is not cheating to do what we delegate to you. <laughs> Guys, this is why I've been saying Hallie's so well-prepared, because she's done so much fact-checking. Yep, it is 2007, and been coming down ever since then, and I think that really speaks a lot to the fact that we're not starting from square one with climate change. Obviously, we have to pick up the pace, but there, there has been progress made. Hallie makes up some ground. Megan's holding on to first still. Question seven. Which of these has been a factor in recent spikes in gas prices? Climate policy, oil executives selling stock, gas taxes, or inflation? It is inflation, and two people got it. I punched up this episode, so I remember. I think you've punched up most of these, Shannon. Touche. <laughs> but I remember this one. <laughs> yes, inflation is one of the main drivers. The other is the Russian invasion of Ukraine, kind of freaking out people on the stock market. The other three have been talked about, but are not actually factors. So... Hallie has a streak with three correct in a row, which moves her into the lead. Megan is in second. Shannon is in third, but a much closer third. Shannon, do you remember when you did yours, you had like the biggest come from behind victory with like down to the last question? That's what I'm trying to get here. I think that the earlier ones were longer ago. So I'm hoping that my memory starts to jog better as we get further into the Kahoot. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for. All right. Question eight. Why was the Conger ice shelf collapse surprising? It was such a big ice shelf. Temperatures were cool in the days leading up. It was in East Antarctica or it was in West Antarctica. It was in East Antarctica and two people got it. 
East Antarctica has been relatively stable, so this was surprising for that region. It wasn't particularly big, and like you said earlier, it shouldn't cause nearly as much damage as, say, Thwaites falling into the ocean. So Hallie has the lead and a streak of four. On to question nine. What percent of Russia's federal budget revenue comes from oil and gas? 10%, 20%, 30%, or 50%? And now we start to crank up the heat. 30%! Two people got it. Megan and Shannon. Is Hallie going to lose her lead? I knew it was a lot, but 50 sounded like too much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> There you go. Yep, it's uh, 30%, and obviously that's significant because when your revenue is not coming from taxpayers, then you are less uh, beholden to them. So um, a a lot of dynamics with the Russia invasion of Ukraine can kind of be linked back to that. Um, And I encourage you to check out that episode as well. That would be Tip of the Iceberg episode 9, and that had a lot of interesting insights about the conflict going on right now. So Megan does move into the lead just barely. Uh, Hallie is right there in second. Shannon moving up as well. Question 10 about halfway through. By how much has the cost of photovoltaic solar dropped in the last decade? 20%, 45%, 60%, or 85%? It is 85. Who got it? Hallie. (laughs) She's back. Yes, I did um, fact check this one. And I also ran into it when I was doing research for the house episode. I I use that statistic a lot, actually. 85% very, very big drop and certainly shifts your perspective on how viable it is. So very, very cool. So Hallie moves into the lead. This is this is fun. We are trading off left and right. Question 11. For better or worse, climate protests in April were routinely compared to what movie? An Inconvenient Truth, Don't Look Up, Captain Nova, or The Decline? And all three of you got it? Don't look up. That movie was so bad. <laughs> That's all I have to say. It was a horrible movie. It was a horrible satire. Just L's all around. Yeah. Bad movie. And the effect that it had on climate scientists being all freaked out over it, I just don't think that was the point. So. Yeah, it really did. It it was really disappointing. And I wrote a column on it after where I was trying to give it some credit because to me it was just like... I get being so frustrated that you make that movie, but after seeing the way climate scientists have taken it and actually interacting with some of these people and hearing them just express worry at any climate comedy or any, even just doing public media appearances is just really disappointing. So I feel like from Originally, I was kind of looking at it in a more nuanced way, and now I still see that nuance, but it is just more and more disappointing. So Hallie extends her lead. Question 12. 
What year was the first Earth Day? 1962, 1969, 1970, or 1972? It was 1970. Who got this one? Hallie again. You know what I'm going to say. You know I'm going to say that I fact-checked this, and that's the only reason I knew that it was, like, one of those... Hallie's good at the picking the right number just based on context clues. Hallie's back with a streak and a sizable lead. Still pretty close though. Question 13. What's the name of the cycles of air that rise at the equator, move north and south 30 degrees, and then sink? Hadley cells, feral cells, polar cells, or tropical cells? It is Hadley Cells, and who got this one? Instead of Megan Cities, it's Hallie Cells. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hallie, these are your cells if you want to tell us about them. Yeah, well, they're at the equator, so they're not polar cells. And I just remember from my intro environmental classes, they really drilled into our brain Hadley cells feral cells polar cells so I knew that was the start yeah so Hadley cells one of those things we all learned in our intro environment class and I promptly forgot and then had to reteach myself for this uh, tip of the iceberg episode I knew the concept I just wouldn't have remembered the name but yes it is it is Hadley cells and those are why it is uh, tropical and rainy at the equator and then why it turns into a dry desert at 30 degrees north and south. If you look at a map, uh, the equator has like all the rainforest, the Amazon, um, and then at 30 degrees north, you have the Middle East, you have Southern California, you have all these very dry regions. So it's an annoying concept in class, but actually very interesting once you see how it plays out in the world. So Megan and Hallie, Move up some more. Question 14. What is meconium? A type of pregnancy complication, a baby's first stool, a heavy metal, or the genus for puffins? It is a baby's first stool, and no one got this right. So yeah, meconium was in the uh, tip of the iceberg on sexual and reproductive health, and... There was a study in the Journal of Health Economics which found exposure to a hurricane during pregnancy increases the probability of meconium aspiration syndrome, which is where a baby breathes their first stool into their lungs at the time of delivery. That is horrifying, and I don't know why that isn't, like, the climate story. I feel like that would unify America. But yeah. That is, that is what meconium is. All right, question 15. What weather phenomenon explains why year-to-year averages don't fully capture climate change? El Nino Southern Oscillation, Seasonal Temperature Changes, Polar Vortex, or Upwelling? It is El Nino Southern Oscillation. Who got this right? Hallie. Yeah, so basically El Nino and La Nina cycles happen on 
two to seven year periods of time um, about. And so there's a lot of variation between the two cycles um, and it has to deal with the wind and the ocean circulation. Um, and so that can affect um, temperatures over longer periods of time and also can affect like the switches that you can see between if we switch from an El Nino to a La Nina and then that is obviously going to bring about a lot of change. Hallie extends her lead to 8,929. Megan is in second at 6,305. Shannon in third with 3,388. So we are skipping the carbon bomb episode because I wanted those five questions to be our uh, five final questions. So we're going to episode 17, which at this current moment hasn't come out yet. It will have come out by the time this airs. This is the episode on monkeypox. The question is, which of these statements about monkeypox is false? It is endemic to Central and West Africa. It isn't as contagious as COVID-19. The smallpox vaccine gives 85% coverage for it, or most cases are concentrated in Europe. It is D. Most cases are concentrated in Europe. Who got this right? (laughs) Shannon is back. What you got, Shannon? I remember the first case or first recent case was in Canada. And that is not in Europe. And that is also not a correct explanation for the answer. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? Well, regardless of my logic... Um, I came to the correct conclusion. Well, you still got it. So you get full points. It was honestly kind of frustrating when I started doing some research on it and realized that it never became news until there were cases in Europe and North America. But while it was and continues to be such an issue in the Democratic Republic of Congo, it just wasn't making worldwide news. So that was definitely a good topic of conversation. So with that, Shannon moves up to 4290. She's in striking distance. You're not in striking distance, Shanorb. I'm shocked, appalled. Well, and also my bad, I should I shouldn't have gotten this correct because I'm spewing false information on our podcast. <laughs> Shannon said there <laughs> sorry for capping. We should do a Shannon fake news segment on the podcast where you just say what you think and then we air it. <laughs> no fact it's checking. Just me, it's just me taking out bits from the tip of the icebergs <laughs> that I think are right and then not looking anything up. Yeah, to catch Hallie, Shannon, if you get everything right and Hallie gets everything wrong, it's there for you. What about me? <laughs> Oh, Megan's You're out. coasting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So five more questions, all five of them on carbon bombs, and they do get progressively harder as they go. So let's dive in. Question 17. How many oil and gas carbon bombs have been planned by the fossil fuel industry? 
59, 195, 387, or 646. And all three of you got it immediately. 195. Alright, so Hallie, 9,892 points. Megan, 72.53. Shannon, 52.29. We move to question 18. These projects together are set to emit how many tons of greenhouse gases from start to finish? 59 billion, 195 billion, 387 billion, or 646 billion? The funny thing is I said all these numbers in our meeting on Friday, just two days ago. So it was 646 billion and one person got it. Who was it? Do you have any? It was just, it was the biggest, the biggest one. I knew it was over 500 billion. Yes, uh, it is 646. That is correct. Did you fact check this episode? Yes. Yes, I did. So that is also probably why <laughs> intuitively I just knew. Well, 646. So Hallie cracks 10,000. Congratulations. On to the third to last question. Megan, you are you in striking distance? We'll see. Question 19. Which fossil fuel company is on track to spend the most money on carbon bomb projects? Saudi Aramco, PetroChina, ExxonMobil, or Shell? It is Saudi Aramco, and who got this one? Hallie again. <laughs> this isn't fair. She fact-checked it. <laughs> we haven't even seen it or had the opportunity to listen to it. Yep, it is Saudi Aramco. Hallie has a streak again, up to 11,747. Let's finish out strong with question 20. Three of the 12 companies are headquartered in the U.S., but which of these is not a U.S. firm? ExxonMobil, Shell, Chevron, or ConocoPhillips? It is Shell, and no one got it. And to be honest, I didn't know this until yesterday. These are unfair. <laughs> I've, I've angered Megan extremely. Yeah, so Shell is headquartered in the UK, which I did not know. So yeah, and I think the like US conversation is relevant because 22 of the 195 carbon bombs are in the US, accounting for over a fifth of the emissions. So I think it was a little overwhelming to see so many run by government-run companies, but when you know that that many are in the U.S. and those are privately owned companies. It's certainly something the U.S. could regulate if we if we choose to, which I would say we should. A lot of nuances to how you do it, but yeah. So score remains unchanged. We are going to our final question. Where is the highest emitting carbon bomb project located? The Gowar oil field in Saudi Arabia the Montney Formation in Canada, the Permian Basin in Texas, or Marcellus Shale in New York and Pennsylvania. And it is the Permian Basin and everyone 
guest, Igawar Oilfield. <laughs> I got him because we have an episode coming on Goar Oilfield. Hopefully we'll have one on Permian Basin too, but have not nailed that down yet. I'm revolting. <laughs> Revolution time. This is the end. They're mad. I'm big mad. Huge. Huge mad. Hugely mad. Huge. <laughs> Huge. Well, I'll tell you who isn't mad when we go to the <laughs> final standings. In third place with 5,229 points, Shannon. In second place with 7,253, Megan. And in first with 11,747 points, getting 13 out of 21 correct, Hallie. I'm quiet. I'm staying quiet. <laughs> I'm scared. No, you gotta, you gotta give a speech. Okay, my speech. Um, thank you to all my hours fact-checking that gave me a slight advantage. Thank you for all the fact-checking and not ending meetings when we ask if you can fact check. <laughs> See, Megan, it, it does lead to victory. It pays it off. It was an accident! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hallie is our champion. So before we go, I just did want to quickly say our team has gone through quite a bit of turnover in the last few weeks because of the class of 22 graduating. And first off, congratulations to Megan and Shannon, both now graduates of Boston University. Round of applause. Hallie was applauding, but... <laughs> Muted. But we had some other departures from the team. Um, first off, uh, Caroline graduated. She has been with us from the beginning and uh, she has left us for other opportunities but very very sad to lose her she's written many all-time episodes such as solar power yep solar power that was a good one yeah caroline actually has the number three episode all time uh, rethinking unit reform with uh, maria ivanova which was a very interesting episode so um so yeah caroline's done a lot of great work uh her sister Grace is a dedicated listener to the show as well, so we've greatly enjoyed having her on the team. Also, Olivia Amate just graduated. Olivia has been a producer, a researcher. She founded our Reddit page. She did social copywriting, so many different things. Olivia was one of those where when she had a script, you knew it was coming in very well written. She wrote the Brownfields and Superfund Sites episode, which was the second most downloaded episode all time. And her final script was the cannabis one, which I think was a big, uh, a big highlight. And then finally, we're losing Frank, our longtime editor from episode one to now. And I did the math today. So this is to, uh, to date today. Today is May 29th. So this is actually not the final number because he'll be editing this episode. He'll be editing a few more, but up to today, Frank has edited 75 hours, 7 minutes, and 43 seconds worth of podcast, which is over three days. That's just amazing. <laughs> and, you know, Frank, so creative with his editing. He, uh, again, one of those people you 
just implicitly trust is going to get it done on time and really well. So that's uh, that's definitely a sad loss. But Frank got a really great opportunity, so we're we're very excited for him. We we Thank should make guys. Frank ask our <laughs> listeners the Sonic question. <laughs> True. Wait, Holly, has he asked you yet? No, I was going to ask what the Sonic question was. Oh my god! All right, we're gonna have to. We can get him on a final call. Yeah. No, I'm scared. <laughs> we, the Megan, Sonic question has, to, has right? split apart this team. Really? <laughs> into two. I think he asked me. I don't really remember what it was, but I do remember it happening. Um, we'll start making it part curious. of the interview questions. <laughs> Instead of what's your favorite animal, we'll just be the Sonic question. <laughs> <laughs> when we're hiring. <laughs> yeah. Just get in all people who have done the answer that I did. <laughs> We, uh, we've hired a whole bunch of new people, though, and so excited to have this new group. So excited that the three of you are sticking with it and can help lead this new group. And yeah, onwards and upwards. Help lead this new group to a union. <laughs> they're, they're really mad, guys. I, I don't know how I should feel. We're breaking from the sweaty penguin. Everybody go check out Shannon and I's new podcast. <laughs> that will be under the umbrella for sweaty the penguin. The sweaty polar bear. <laughs> but yeah, check out if you guys want to see me, me and Megan, then you guys can check out our episode of two weeks. <laughs> yeah. well, that that yeah. episode will have come out by the time this comes out. So Well... Go back and listen. Go back and listen. We gotta beat the World Bank. We gotta. Well, with that, Megan, Shannon, Hallie, this was awesome. Thank you all for joining. Thank you for being okay, sports. I I don't know. (laughs) But this was a lot of fun and glad we could go back through some of the important news from Tip of the Iceberg. Yay. Thanks, Ethan. Congratulations, Hallie. Yeah, I, I take full responsibility for making a podcast and giving information and then making a cahoot with that information. Um, except that bad. we didn't have the information that Holly had. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, if, if you'd like to learn the information, The Sweaty Penguin is available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or thesweatypenguin.com. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thesweatypenguin. And if you ever have questions about this information, you can send it in at tip of the iceberg and I will answer it on the show. See, I, I always find a way to slip in my, my spiel. It's just muscle memory at this point. Well, congratulations, Hallie. Congrats to all of you for making it to the winner's circle. Very, very exciting. I hope that this will be like line one on all your resumes. And yeah, we will talk to you soon.